Hello and welcome everyone to the Ducky O'Brien Show. I am your host, Ducky O'Brien. My real name is Sam, but I use Ducky O'Brien for Twitch and other platforms. Anyways, welcome to episode 3 of my video game podcast covering news, reviews, and guides. On to our first section, currently playing... Alright, my queue is pretty much the same as before. We got Astroneer and No Man's Sky. Those are space survival crafting sims. I'm just repeating this for the sake of any new listeners. It's pretty much the same as before. Astroneer, I'm still trying to wait for a true flat device to come out. There's like a little cube that you place on the ground. And it gives you a perfectly true flat surface. And then you can build up elevations on top of that to have different layers of true flat terrain. Now this is mind-blowing because it's still a little bit hard to do it in creative mode. And it's pretty much near impossible to do in survival mode. But this item will make it super easy. And once you have that, you can make incredible structures. If you don't believe me, you can check out some pics on the subreddit. And you'll see some amazing structures people built. Anyways, that's pretty much it for Astroneer. I'm waiting for that to come out. For No Man's Sky, there was a new update where there's a living ship now. That's why Sean Murray was tweeting an egg this entire time. You can grow your own ship from an egg and it's procedurally generated. So each ship is going to be a little bit different with each of the modules inside of it a little bit different. This is pretty neat. Uh, they look really cool. I want one, I'm gonna do it. There's like a single player story quest that you go through where you get your own egg and then you can grow it into a ship and whatnot, so I can't wait to try that out. Honestly speaking though, if you're a little bit burnt out on No Man's Sky, this doesn't really change the gameplay loop, but it is a little little something new there, something interesting. I got Atomashef and Tools Up still going. Atomashef and Tools Up, I'm really close to finishing. Those are pretty much puzzle games. Atomashev is about automating a production line for food. Tools Up is kind of like renovating a house with the playstyle of Overcooked. So if that kind of appeals to you, you can check it out. Tools Up I've been having a lot of fun with. The only problem is it's a local co-op only, so I can't really play with other people. I have no friends. I'm kidding. As I'm still playing The Witcher 3, having a lot of fun with that. I'm pretty OCD when it comes to gaming. Now, I don't have real OCD. Real OCD is a terrible thing. It's a terrifying thing as well. But for games, I just compulsively collect everything. I do all the side quests before that. So it's taking me a really long time to progress in the game. Because as soon as a map opens up, I complete everything possible before I go on to the story mission. Holler at me if you play games like that. <laughs> You can hit me up with the email, show at gmail.com. Anyways, the cycle, I think I'm going to add this to my queue permanently. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I'm grinding out the battle pass currently at level 50 something with it. And I think I've mastered the gameplay loop. The cycle is pretty much a PvPVE game where you land on a planet with 30 other players. And then you have to collect goods, resources, those are crafting materials. And then you have to complete objectives to get points. And then the team with the most points is first place if they can get out alive. 
So this is very similar to Escape from Tarkov. It's a free-to-play version of it, so it's not going to be as intense. It's a little bit more cartoony, safe for kids, I suppose. But the reason why I really like the cycle is that you don't have to be good at the PvP part. It's all about figuring out how to get points as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And pretty much what I figured out for squads or duos is you have to go together and grind one thing. For example, there's a laser drill platform objective. A laser drill will drop from the sky, start drilling. You have to claim it, you have to start it. And if you can protect it, you get points and it goes off and to the next point. I did that with a squad that knew what it was doing and we had 40 points. 40 points by the end of the match. And this was a ranked because ranked was down. The second place team had 12 points. We had a 28 point lead over them. So it's incredible. I had a bunch of games like that. And then there are some games that were absolutely terrible where people just want to go off and do their own thing. Now you might think that's more efficient, but in reality, you get way more points faster if you work together to complete the bigger objectives, especially the ones that are contested, uh, like capturing the signal, doing all the gas harvesting, all of that, anything that requires you to protect it, if you work together as a team and contest those objectives, you'll do well. That's where the PvP part comes in, contesting the really efficient, really point-generous objectives, because other players will want it as well. Anyways, that's the cycle. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been trying to convince my friends to play it, but they're like, nope. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a little sad, but yeah. No matter how bad my squad is, I will always get out alive because I can adapt and survive. I won't get first place, but at least I'll make it out. Alright, on to our next section, new games. I got all of these games from Keymailer, by the way. I apply for copies or preview games and then I get them and then I play them. I have previews on youtube for each of these games if you're interested in that my channel is archivers if you want to check it out anyways let's get into it we got darksburg developed and published by shiro games has an msrp of 1999 and was released february 12th 2020 into early access now this game is pretty much like left 4 dead there are literally monsters who act like Left 4 Dead counterparts. There's a guy who's the smoker. There's a guy who's a charger. There's a literal witch. <laughs> I've been having fun with that game. A caveat though to those who are interested in it. Darksburg only has three campaign levels up as of now. I'll check again to make sure. So there's a limited amount of content out there. There's only four heroes you can play. It kind of combines like a MOBA with Left 4 Dead. You got a hero with four abilities and you can use them. And your goal is to get to the end of the level. It's not to grind items. It's not to clear the mobs. It's literally to survive. So I, I kind of like that gameplay. But it has limited content, so I would be hesitant to kind of recommend it to most people out there. But if you want to check it out, I have gameplay footage of that up. Next is Hunter's Arena Legends by Mantisco. The closed beta was released on February 20th. I got into it. I've been playing it. It's only up from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. my time zone. 
this game, from what I've seen and what I played, has a lot of potential. It's basically a PvPVE game, sort of similar to the cycle, except you're not collecting things to bring out of the game. More like you're fighting mobs and mob bosses to get better loot and level up, and then level up your character's abilities. You have four abilities and an ultimate. You can buy a horse mount, <laughs> so there's a lot of things you can do. You can buy items from NPC merchants and then upgrade your items. And then you fight against other players while the map is shrinking. So this is completely a battle royale. The gameplay is more like a MOBA. There's a lot of PvP elements where you have to do this to level up to get an advantage. And the thing is, this is made by a Korean development studio. So if you've played a Korean game before like Guild Wars, you'll kind of feel familiar with it. It's a little foreign to Western audiences, I feel like, because the gameplay is very similar to Dark Souls in that you're committed in your animation. You can cancel out of it by using a dodge move, but you're attacking in the direction that you're facing. So if you don't have an enemy locked on and you're looking away from the enemy, you will attack in that direction. Not only that, you do have a health restoration item. There's charges to it. But the thing is, it's not that easy to get this. So if you just sit there tanking hits left and right, you'll eventually run out of healing. So when you fight a real player, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage unless you have a support player on the team, which there are support characters. But that said, when I was playing it, it kind of made me realize that this game has a lot of potential because it relies heavily on fighting the enemy mobs properly so that you don't take a lot of damage, finishing them off efficiently, getting all the loot and XP, and then going to hunt down players. So that was Hunter's Arena Legends. It might be a game to keep your eye out for. I've heard that it's not going to be free to play. It's going to be pay to play. So I think it's going to be similar to Guild Wars in that there's going to be like a one-time fee to buy the game, and then that's going to be it. But we'll see. If that sounds interesting, you guys can keep your eye out for it. I also have gameplay footage up on my channel as well if you want to check that out. The next game is Out of Space by Behold Studios. Currently has an MSRP of $14.99 on Steam. It was released on April 24th, 2020 into early access. The full release is coming February 24th, 2020. It's very close to its 1.0 release. So Out of Space is very similar to Tools Up and Overkicked. It's basically a co-op action puzzle game. So how it works is you have a spaceship. You can pick between three map sizes, small, medium, and large. And these ships are randomly generated. And you start out in a lobby. And basically you have to clean the entire ship. It's being affected by this contamination that spawns alien slugs. And the slugs will move around and spread contamination on the floor. And basically what you have to do is get rid of all of that and then power up the rooms with batteries. A small spaceship will need six rooms powered up. A medium one will have nine rooms that need powered up. And it's very hectic because there are some rooms that you cannot keep permanently clean unless you have items to do it for you. So there are like these vents that will always strip this contamination onto the ground if you don't clean it after a set amount of time. And also, the doors that are contaminated will spawn alien slugs. It will just start growing eggs and they'll pop out. Not only that, 
the slugs will destroy the batteries if you leave them unchecked. So again, your win condition is to make sure that each of those rooms that need battery power have battery power to it. I really like this game. There's only one small problem when I was looking for games on matchmaking, public matchmaking. I could not find anyone. I found one person during the entire time that I was searching for matchmaking. Now this guy was pretty good at the game. He knew what he was doing, had all the items unlocked. But after that, I couldn't find anyone. So it's like this problem where this game is meant to be played with other people. It's kind of like tools up and overcooked. Now you can play it solo. I play this solo. I can be the medium map pretty easily on solo. I haven't tried it on large yet. I'm a little hesitant about that. But it's so tedious when you play it by yourself. It's so tedious and you just want someone there to help you out. It's more fun. And I would love to see more people play this game. Again, I don't know if the problem is that there's not enough people who own this game. Or there's a problem with the matchmaking servers. I was connecting to the US East servers. Literally could not find anyone. I only found one person the entire time I was playing. But yeah, we'll see. You can't really recommend these games to people unless you kind of establish the fact that they already have a group of people that are going to get this game as well and play with them. Because if you're going to get this game expecting to play with strangers online, I don't think it's going to happen, honestly speaking. I don't think the player base is big enough for you to find a match reliably. That's a shame. Who knows? We'll see. If it does better, more people will get it and there'll be more people playing it. That was Out of Space, Again, repeating the game titles because I know personally from my own experience, as well as feedback from others, that people oftentimes forget the name of the game the person is talking about on the podcast, so I'm just going to repeat it every once in a while. That was Out of Space, that's pretty fun, I enjoyed it. Again, I'm a little sad that I can only play it solo, but if you want to see gameplay footage of that, that is up on my channel as well. On to our next game, Stellar Commanders by Blindflug Studios AG. It was released February 20th with an MSRP of $15.99 US dollars, I should mention, on Steam. Now this is pretty much a card game like Clash Royale and Minion Masters. They call it a real-time strategy, it sort of is. But it's more like Clash Royale and Minion Masters in that you have a deck of cards and you're on this tiny planet. The first phase is you're fighting for territory so you can pick units. You have an energy meter that goes up. Again, very similar to Clash Royale and Minion Masters. You pick troops from your deck, from your hand, and then you send them out into territories to conquer them. And then from there, you can plant either defensive items that are turrets, because the main form of attacking other players is to launch missiles at them. So you got missile cars, you can plant them. They have limited range. Terrorists can easily shoot down a missile, but if you don't have any missiles, you can't really attack them. That's fine, though. If you have a tank, which costs like 9 units of energy, you can just send them out and conquer enemy territory. You can just send them in and steal that land right out from under them. Anyways, after the first phase, the second phase is where all of the unclaimed territory gets destroyed. I think you have a minute to basically destroy as much territory from the enemy as you can or screw them up. And after that, the game ends. Each match is about 7 minutes. I think 7 minutes exactly. So this is really quick. 
I've been playing a lot. I've been winning a lot because apparently I thought that when you click start war, there's two options, start war and find a rival. I thought when you click start war that you would play against an AI. And I was really confused because there were some players that were obviously AI where they were making these really weird choices like launching a missile at an empty piece of land in the middle of nowhere, like taking forever to do things. But then I met a player that was actually a real player and I got wrecked. He was playing super smart, doing things I've never seen before. So I was a little confused, but apparently if you don't find a real player, you'll get matched with an AI so you don't wait. Again, that's Stellar Commanders. Might be worth checking out. This game is on Apple Arcade as well. Definitely had the feeling of a mobile game. Some of the UI was a little bit lacking. I think it would have been okay as a free-to-play game, to be honest. But yeah, pretty fun. It's fast. It's making me want to play Clash Royale. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, man, it's just the pay-to-win stuff in Clash Royale. Basically made me rage quit, but I don't know. That itch is pulling me. Okay, finally, for Noteworthy. We got Luna the Shadow Dust. It was developed by Lantern Studios. It was published by Application Systems as an MSRP of $19.99 on Steam. And it was released on February 13th, 2020. And let me tell you guys, the artwork in this game is amazing. I play the game to completion. It is a point and click puzzle game. So you're basically solving a puzzle in a room. That's hand drawn, hand animated. Everything takes a while to move. Basically, you can't directly control the main character. You also have a sidekick character, which is a cat wearing a onesie. It's so cute. The animation in this game is incredible. I, I got the same vibes as a Studio Ghibli movie. It's, it's that good. It, it blew me away. There are some cutscenes where you can tell like they didn't have the biggest of budgets for the animation because the amount of frames you get are limited and you can tell but still the artwork is gorgeous the music is awesome the puzzles are pretty okay there are some that are really frustrating but for the most part it's pretty standard fare for point and click puzzle games you can solve them pretty easily the room itself the game itself gives you all the hints that you need and kind of gently pushes you in the right direction and i beat the game in about four to six hours i went back and got all of the achievements there is one achievement that is bugged the beekeeper one where you gotta release the bee in all four seasons and uh, they're working on a fix on that i'm waiting for them to release that fix so i can get all the achievements but yeah it was luna the shadow dust a little mini review there a little mini shout out i fell in love with the artwork in this game the game itself is pretty okay it's the artwork it's the packaging that completes it and i could look at this game all day long i i kind of want an animated series based on this game to come out it's adorable once you see it you will believe me <laughs> now that i covered most of the games that i played on to our next section upcoming releases
Alright, we got two releases that I want to note here. We got Room Factory 4 Special Edition for the Nintendo Switch coming out on February 25th, 2020. Now I have a soft spot for Harvest Moon and Rune Factory. Rune Factory is basically Harvest Moon with more RPG elements. So if you are a Switch owner, you got something to look forward to. And then here's another game that I, I'm pretty excited for. Genesis Alpha 1. It was out on the Epic Game Store. It's coming out on Steam February 25th, 2020. Developed by Radiation Blue. Team 17 is quickly becoming one of my favorite publishers in that they managed to find those indie games that are real gems. Most of the games that they managed to find, I am absolutely in love with. It's my type of game. I don't know what else to say, but... Genesis Alpha 1 is basically a roguelike. It's very similar to Outer Space in that you have a ship, you're building ships, and you have to fight off an alien infection, except it's super realistic if you check out the graphics. It's not a cute cartoon like Outer Space. But yeah, again, that's Genesis Alpha 1 coming to Steam February 25th. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Anyways, on to news. Alright, we got a lot of news items to cover today. I'm going to start with the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. Now, there's a lot of news about the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and every time I saw it, I just shrugged it off, you know? I'm a little bit jaded. Now that I'm older, I don't have time for JRPGs anymore. I don't really have time for these long games that are really involved. I only have time for one, so my one game for this year is going to be Cyberpunk. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed again, but I'm looking forward to that. But when I saw the trailer for Final Fantasy VII, the remake, it hit me with the feels. Oh, that nostalgia pull is so strong. Japanese RPGs were pretty much the only thing I played on the PS1. That's why it's one of my favorite consoles, like Final Fantasy VII. I had every single Final Fantasy game up to 12. I had Anthology, Chronicles, I had, uh, you know, 7, 8, 9, I had 10 on the PS2, I had a copy of 11 for the PC, I didn't play it, I played 12 on the PS2, I actually liked 12 a lot, because I felt like the auto battle system was pretty smart, there's like this one area, where you can literally have the game running, and it'll just grind for you, so I did that, I left it on for 8 hours, it was fantastic. <laughs> You can just tape down buttons on keys. This You can do this in Final Fantasy. I think it was 6 too. There's like a river section where you can just literally go in a loop and constantly fight enemies. Just AFK power level. It's amazing. But yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe. Maybe I'll pick it up when it comes out. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Let's on to our next news item. HQ Trivia is... Gone for good. That makes me a little bit sad. I did play this game a little bit. HQ Trivia is basically a live trivia game where there's a host. You got to log on at a certain time. When the games are up, there are a bunch of questions. And once you get all of them right and you make it to the end, you share a prize pool. Now, these questions are kind of hard. And you're playing with a live audience. It was a neat idea, but apparently they mishandled the business side of things. And now they're gone for good. HQ Cuties. Anyone remember that? <laughs> I 
What was the guy's name? Scott? I don't know. Any Scott fans out there? Anyways, going forward to our next item, we got PUBG Mobile Tournaments. Now, this is insane. PUBG Mobile, I always joke with my buddies. PUBG Mobile is the best PUBG version out there. Like, it runs pretty smooth. It looks okay for a mobile game. I'm just kidding. Obviously, it's a joke. But apparently, it's so big because they have a total prize pool of 5 mil. That's right, 5 million US dollars. And I'm not sure if this is for one tournament. I believe they meant the entire prize pool for that entire league, that entire season. I don't know what it is. But still, that's disgustingly big. Man, I didn't think that playing mobile games would pay, but this is the future now. You know, it's kind of exciting and also a little bit terrifying to see the fact that gaming is becoming so popular and profitable. When money's involved, though, never turns out that good. I'm going to be honest. It's a little scary to think about that kind of future. Anyways, that's very interesting. PUBG Mobile tournaments are being held. Professional PUBG Mobile player. Can you imagine being called that? It's, it's kind of crazy. I think this is how people who, when they first heard of like professional PC gaming, probably felt the same way where they're like, Psh, professional PC gamer. What the heck is that? It's kind of silly. But, you know, now that we look at it, now that it's been around for such a long time, there's a lot of fandom around it, a lot of respect for these players. They have an incredible level of skill that most people can't really achieve in their lifetime. So I'm going to imagine it's the same thing with these mobile games. Definitely not going to look down on it. It's just interesting to note where the future of video games are heading. For our next news item, this is kind of exciting, but Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie is out. And guess what? It didn't do so bad. 57 million US dollars for opening weekend. 94% audience score for Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I know, I know. I don't care what these sites say the movie scored. It doesn't really judge the quality of the movie because people can be wrong. But I just look at it to see the general reception of people all over the world for a certain movie. So apparently, a lot of people thought that Sonic the Hedgehog was an okay movie. So for the scoring on Rotten Tomatoes, 94% means 94% of people who watched it scored it above a 5 out of 10. They're saying that this is acceptable. So apparently, most of the people who watched it thought it wasn't too bad. Now, I always joked that Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be the movie of the decade, but I was really curious to see what it would turn out to be like because they had to redo the CG for Sonic because he looked really bad. If you look at the original Sonic, he looked terrifying. He looked nothing like Sonic. But anyways, now that it's out and apparently it's not too bad, also Jim Carrey plays Eggman, Dr. Robotnik. I'm kind of interested in seeing how this movie turns out. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to now that I've seen this these numbers. <laughs> Maybe it's a really good movie. Maybe it's a, a gem in disguise, a gem in the rough. Who knows? All right, on to our next item. Rumors of an Overwatch and Diablo animated series have come out. Apparently, these rumors were leaked because someone who works there put something on their resume, on LinkedIn or whatnot, and now people know that <laughs> there's possibly an animated series coming out. 
I'm really excited. I don't know why Blizzard hasn't done this before because their CG scenes are so good. They used to be really good at storytelling. Now I'm not quite sure, but when I think about Diablo 2, when I think of StarCraft Brood of War, when I think of Warcraft 3, those cutscenes, the way they managed to tell story through such limited means back then, you know, made sense that they have a lot of talented writers, a lot of talented graphic artists. They should definitely make an animated series, especially with Overwatch. I think it's a no-brainer because it's such a big franchise. A lot of people love it. It's pretty hyped. But yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what that looks like. I think it's probably coming to Netflix. But yeah, Overwatch and Diablo coming out as an animated series, possibly. We'll see about that. Also, to note here, as an interesting side note, I've been loosely keeping tabs on Overwatch League on YouTube. And I think their initial production hiccups are not there anymore. They don't get these really bad ad placements just that just repeat over and over again. But I think the average view count is a little bit lower. I gotta watch more and look at the numbers to make sure. But, you know, I'm comparing like 90,000 to 120,000. And like one day it was 60,000. Again, I don't know if that's implying that there's less people watching, but I'm gonna keep track of the numbers more and I'm interested to see if the move to YouTube also, the combination of not having Overwatch League points available for watching the game kind of lowers the view count. So far though, I, generally speaking, like 60,000, that's, that's great. That's a huge number of people watching simultaneously live. Kind of interested to see how it does in the future as the season goes on. For our next item, Kingdom Hearts, most of the games are out now on Xbox. So if you're an Xbox owner and you wanted to play more Kingdom Hearts games, guess what? It's going to be available for you. There you have it. Moving on, if you guys use Origin, you might have noticed that it was down for a little bit. I definitely noticed it because I opened up all of my clients. I have a lot of them. I have pretty much every single one. And I noticed that it kept asking me to sign in. And then when I did, I couldn't play anything. Now, this is a scary thing to think about because this is linked to what I was talking about last episode, the future of ownership, where what happens when you kind of turn private property, what used to be private property, into service? This is the answer. When the origin servers were down, you couldn't really do anything that's linked to origin. Now, for a multiplayer game like Apex, that's understandable. If they're running on Origin servers to begin with, you couldn't really play games. But let's say you're playing a single-player game. You can't play that because Origin is down. Now, if you're like Steam and there's like an offline mode, you might be able to get around it. But this is kind of the reality where if something that, was, that used to be private property now is turned into a service, you can lose access to that service for whatever reason it is. Someone can hack your account, you lose access. The servers are down, you lose access. They decide that you committed a crime or that you violated terms of service, you lose access. Now, this is something that's kind of scary to think about if you apply it to other things. Like I was talking about what happens when cars are no longer privately owned. 
And it's a service now where you call up a smart car through your app. It comes to pick you up and drop you off, and you interact with this through the smart car app. Now, that might seem convenient because you don't have to own a car. You don't have to have a garage. You don't have to maintain the car. You don't have to pay for insurance. But the scary thing is what happens when you lose access to that service for whatever reason. Let's say you lost your phone. You can't get your car. Let's say these cars operate on a network and you need internet access. And what happens when you drive a car to an area with no internet and the car doesn't work? I mentioned this because this actually happened. Uh, if you want to check it out, it was on Twitter. This was a tech writer. They drove their car to an area with no cell service and it just stopped working. That's scary to think about. You know, cancel culture is kind of real here. What if people are just bringing up false charges against you and then the driving company is like, we don't want anything to do with you. We're going to revoke your access. And then what, how do you get around? You can't buy cars anymore. They're probably going to outlaw driving your own cars. I'm just talking about like a dystopian future, all right? I'm not saying this is going to happen. But these are kind of the things that I think about and kind of you can see the future of in video games. That's why I think video gaming is so interesting. You can apply these principles to the world of video gaming and see the possible outcomes. But yeah, Origin being down kind of made me realize that, man, we are taking a lot of things for granted. We're trusting these corporations because we think they're too big to fail. But the reality is that it's not true at all <laughs> so anyways they'll make for an interesting dystopian movie now sci-fi if i were to make a movie it would be about that this issue of you know private ownership private property versus service what happens when the service cannot be accessed anymore going forward enough depressing thoughts i'm just a pessimist by nature all right guys i just think about the worst case scenario THQ Nordic moves forward with the Gothic remake. They released the code for a teaser. Apparently, they got a lot of positive feedback. So they're going to go forward and remake Gothic. Uh, so if you're a Gothic fan, if you're a THQ Nordic fan, it's probably good news for you guys. All right, moving on to our next news item. This is really weird. I don't understand this at all. Hasbro is re-releasing their Tiger handheld electronics. That's right, these are these little crappy electronic handheld games where it's like um, Mr. Game & Watch. It's these monochromatic, it doesn't even move smoothly. It's like one frame per second. You're controlling this little character on the screen. Anyways, they're releasing The Little Mermaid, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Transformers Generation 2, and X-Men Project X for $14.99 US dollars this fall. And I don't understand this. I think this is insane. I think this is going to generate a lot of waste. A lot of garbage. Because I already know what people are going to do with it. Because this is what I did with it when I got one. I played with it for like 5 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I just threw it in the corner and forgot about it. Because it's not fun to play with for more than that. These games are honestly not good. And the thing is, the crazy thing is that nothing has changed. They're just re-releasing it like they used to be. And all I can see is that people are, are going to get these stupid devices as a gag gift. People are going to open it and be like, oh, this is cool. And then they're just going to toss it and forget about it. 
and it's either going to be sitting in your house in your garage or if you take it to like a thrift store like goodwill or something it's going to end up there sitting there forever because no one wants to buy it or it's just going to throw it out in the garbage and it's going to end up in the landfill and i think this is insane this is you can just release it as an app you know just charge like two dollars for an app or something why waste all these resources i don't understand who is this for <laughs> who's like i miss those crappy handheld electronics boy i wish i could play them again i don't understand and why do you have only one game per electronic we're in an age where we can fit like a hundred of those games on one device and still charge pretty much the same price i don't know it's insane i don't know who this is for and i don't know who wants it but overall, I think it's a crappy move. I think you're kind of capitalizing on nostalgia to make a quick buck at the expense of creating a lot of trash. But yeah, this is, I don't know. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. There's a lot of like crappy things you can buy, but this is one of the crappiest things you can actually buy off the top of my head. Maybe I'm wrong. You can write me an email <laughs> if you can think of something worse. Show at gmail.com. Alright, going on to the next item, Fortnite. It's a new season revolving around spies. I watched the trailer. I don't really like playing Fortnite, but it's kind of weird because one of the key things in this season is Deadpool. And Fortnite has quickly become the advertising route for companies to push things on kids. You gotta be honest, the majority of the player base of Fortnite are kids, are young kids. And it's kind of interesting to see them advertise Deadpool which is a rated R movie series to kids. I don't understand, but uh, yeah, it's a little, <laughs> a little fishy, a little shady. It's kind of a, a little shady how Fortnite is basically an advertising tool now. You're influencing a bunch of kids to buy things that they might not want or need. It's kind of interesting to see. This is the dystopia we live in. What next? Actual billboards and games that advertise things that's already a thing believe it or not i can imagine like holographic ads playing in games now for vr headsets kind of like in back to the future i don't know well let's see let's see where this goes though <laughs> that said uh you know fortnite has gotten better over time as a game for our next news item hard space shipbreaker developed by blackbird interactive is coming out it looks very similar to Breath Edge. I believe I got the title right, where you're collecting junk in space and you're renovating things to pay off your space debt. You're a space junker paying off your space debt. I don't know. I guess it's sort of interesting. We'll see how it turns out. But yeah, that's something to keep your eye out for. For our next item, though, I'm really excited. I wasn't a huge Animal Crossing fan before, but after watching the Nintendo Direct for Animal Crossing New Horizons, I'm all in. I'm actually thinking of buying the Animal Crossing Edition Switch, because I don't have a Switch. So I figured if I'm going to buy a Switch, why not get the Animal Crossing Edition? Hopefully it comes with the game, because if it didn't, that would be a little bit crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I watched it, and this game looks like everything I want it to be. It's basically Animal Crossing, but now you're going to a new island and you can do a lot of things. You can terraform the island. People were going crazy because I guess this is a big deal for Animal Crossing. I have no idea. 
everybody else watching it, you can have up to eight people on an island. I kind of want to start an island with my family. I want to have like my cousins on it. My brother has a Switch. So I'll be like, hey, bro, you want to live on this island together? But yeah, just looking at it, I, I kind of want to play it. Like I really want to play it, actually. I know it's like sort of a casual-ish type of game, but I, I kind of want that. I, I, I wouldn't mind just exploring the island, doing daily routine things. And just living on the same place with some family members and just seeing where it takes us. You're in it for the long haul. You're in it for the journey, not the destination. But yes, the first time I kind of wanted to get a Switch. Like no other game out there has really convinced me to go out and buy a system because I have a limited time as a content creator. I have to preview all of these games. I have to get articles. I'm on four podcasts now that I'm making myself and editing myself. I'm streaming on top of that. I don't really have time to play games. But Animal Crossing, I think I would, I would make time for. I would just stream it. That's what I would do. The only way I can play games now is to put it into my stream rotation and just play it while I'm streaming. And this game, I think I would just play regularly for, you know, like three hours a day or something. But yeah, moving on, there's a new game called Man Eater. This caught my attention because I think it's going to be awesome. It looked a little bit too pricey. I think the price was like $49, $39. Don't quote me on that. It's developed by Tripwire Interactive. They are the developers of Killing Floor and Red Orchestra. Basically, you play as a shark and you swim in the ocean eating other fish, other creatures to get big. And then you get your revenge on a dude who killed your mother. That's right. It's like a Bambi game, but you're a shark. And you're going after the person who killed your mom. So, I don't know. This sounds interesting. It sounds a little pricey for what it's offering. But I really like the sound of this game. Because it reminded me of this Flash game. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. But you basically play as this little tiny baby fish. And then you eat fish that are smaller than you to get bigger. You win when you get so big that you just eat everything. And the entire ecosystem is dead thanks to you. So I used to play that in high school a lot. Instead of doing homework, instead of studying, we would play it on the computer lab. Uh, brings back memories. The graphics look way cooler. Sounds like the same gameplay loop. I kind of want that in my life. It's very simple. I want something simple. <laughs> As moving on, I was kind of interested in the future of gaming with streaming. Now we got Google Stadia and apparently it's not doing as well with the initial customer base. It runs on limited devices. There are very few games. They don't seem to be delivering on a lot of their promises. Now this is kind of crazy because you have to buy a device and then sub to a monthly subscription fee to play these games. And there's not much... In return for it. Whereas GeForce Now is free. Xbox Cloud is going to be out soon. And I don't know. This is kind of crazy. Like combine this with something as scary as Origin being down. What happens when you have a streaming only service. And it's down. And you can't play anything. Can't access anything. What happens if your account gets deleted? I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about. Again, people are relying, they're banking on the fact that these corporations, these services are too big to fail. But nothing is too big to fail. That's what happened to the Titanic. I don't know. Anyways, it's just interesting to keep an eye on, on developments like this. 
see where it heads. We'll see where it goes. Again, I'm a pessimist by nature. I like looking at the worst case scenario. But the truth is everything has a worst case scenario. So <laughs> I'm just nitpicking here. Moving on, we got the Borderlands movie coming out. It's directed by Eli Roth. And the article said it was written by Craig Mazin, but IMDb lists Aaron Berg as the writer and Avi and Ari Arad as producers. They worked on the first Iron Man as input from Randy Pitchford. I saw a few pictures from the movie and honestly, it doesn't look like it's going to be that good. Uh, the director doesn't have a lot of credits to his name for directing. Uh, same with the writers. There's no real indications here to predict the quality of the movie. So far, pretty much a lot of these video game movies have been garbage. Except for Sonic, which is kind of crazy to think about. That's Sonic the Hedgehog. That movie would be decent, but everything else has kind of been garbage. There are a few animated ones that are pretty good, like Wreck-It Ralph was fantastic. Wreck-It Ralph 1, it's a classic. Just because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you are a bad guy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm kind of interested to see how that turns out. I was really hyped for the Assassin's Creed movie, but, you know, it wasn't that good. I watched the Warcraft movie, which was honestly not bad, but it could have been better. <laughs> Alright, moving on, Apex Legends, Kings Canyon returns to the playlist till February 24th, so if you're a fan of the original map, now is the time to go back and play some Apex. I'm a huge fan of Apex, I stopped playing it recently because again, don't got time. I play co-op games on stream with my buddy whoop de doo and we're currently on Temtem. We moved from Apex to Sea of Thieves to Don't Starve Together to Temtem. So who knows, maybe I'll return to it. In my free time, I play the cycle. So that's what I'm doing right now. Finally, for our last and biggest news item, it's kind of interesting to see the effect the coronavirus is having on the world of video gaming and the world in general. It's having a lot of effects on the industry. For example, the Valve Index. Valve's VR headset, their supply is being impacted because it's produced in China. So they might not have a lot of units out. Not only that, Facebook and Sony pull out of GDC. Sony pulls out of PAX East. And Overwatch League is moving. Their China homestead matches to Korea instead. For Gangzhou, Hangzhou, and Shanghai. So this is very interesting to see something like this impact the world in many areas. Not just, just general life in the world of video gaming as well. It's a terrifying thing to see. If you guys aren't keeping up with the news, there's a lot of things happening. People in China, they're being locked in their own homes in some districts. The national government didn't sanction this, but these local officials, uh, it's this Asian concept of saving face. They don't want to fail or look like they failed. So what they're doing is they're quarantining people in their own houses. They are chaining the doors in there's a guy who posted the video they're literally being locked in their own house the door opens outwards and it's being chained closed and they're like we will bring services to you as necessary it's crazy people are being locked in their own houses and then we got japan with this cruise ship there's some infected people there and they handle this in the worst possible way 
creating more infected people. What they did was they just kept people on the cruise ship. And then there was a video out about a disease specialist. He's a, he's a doctor from a pretty big hospital. He went on board and he said the conditions were terrible. Like, so when you quarantine people who are sick, you need to make sure that you create distinct areas where you keep the sick people in and then keep an area that you know is not infected at all. There's no chance. And you got to make sure you observe procedures so there's no cross-contamination possible. When the doctor went on board, he was saying that, you know, bureaucrats were in charge. So it was hectic. It was, there's no actual safety in place. People were cross-contaminating both the areas. They weren't marked, so you don't know which area is green, which area is red. People who are wearing these hazmat suits, these biohazard suits, were touching their phones with their suits on. That means they could have the disease on them. And they're touching their phones, and they're going to touch it later. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I know it's, it's uh, crazy to see the doctors in China are overworked. A lot of them are getting infected as well. A lot of them are wearing diapers underneath their hazmat suits because they have to help all these people. And to take a suit off is an involved process. You need more than one person. Because again, think about it. The coronavirus is anywhere on your suit. So you need someone else wearing a biohazard suit to help you take it off. You need to be super careful so you don't infect yourself. And it takes a couple of hours, apparently. And then when you take it off, you have to throw it out. You can't reuse it. It's gone. You got to get rid of that. So for you to use the bathroom, it would take so much time. It would waste those suits, which are, you know, they're running out of. And so they're wearing diapers. And I don't know, it's kind of, kind of sad to see. Uh, I, I wish people would bring up this issue more because it's impacting the world. There are people in the U.S. that are infected people all over the world and we kind of need to pull together here and help these people out. If anything, I love the ingenuity and the compassion of video gamers out there where I think if we kind of combine together, if we work together, we can solve any problem. We are that smart. We're that dedicated. I don't know. We can solve a lot of weird things. And games, but we never really apply those skills to the real world. And I'm just wondering why we don't do that more often. Uh, I think we can solve any problem in the world if gamers just work together and put their mind on something other than a game. I think this is something that's that's important. I think it's falling out of favor with the news. It's not a fad to talk about it anymore. Sadly, there's a lot of people that joke about it, not knowing that you know a lot of people are dying to this. Hundreds, if not thousands, have already died something to think about it can affect you can affect me you never know because the incubation period is two weeks you don't know who's infected and it's going to be too late if you find out (laughs) so yeah it's a scary thing it's a scary thing to think about but i think that this is a problem that we can fix if we work together Anyway, sorry to end on a slightly depressing note there, but I think it's something important to think about. Just keep on the back of your mind there. And just there are things we can do. We can donate money to organizations that are helping to fight this. I think there needs to be a forum, a, a place where gamers can kind of gather together and really think about ways they can come up with solutions to all these problems that we're facing in the world today. 
because I really believe that gamers are the one group of people that are dedicated enough and can come up with these ingenious solutions to mundane problems or like devastating problems, whatever it is. Because we do it in games all the time, and I would like to see that applied to real life. I think that would be interesting. So I had an idea where, you know, I wanted to kind of rethink how I stream on Twitch. I don't think Twitch should just be a person playing a game. I think that's the lamest way to do Twitch. It's the easiest way. But if you think about it, Twitch is replacing TV. So if you come at it with that perspective, I think there's so much more you can do with it. And one thing I wanted to do was I would make a stream. Because my background is electrical engineering. And we just kind of tackle a problem together. Like, you know, we look at how to reduce garbage in, in the U.S. Like, there's a lot of landfills. How do we reduce those landfills? How do we get rid of that garbage? How do we turn it into something else? I think if we kind of wanted a stream where we tackle one problem at a time and we just pull together all of the feedback from the users, all the gamers, all the people out there and like just stream people working together to kind of fix this, try out things. We need engineers. We need mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, chemical engineers. We just need... And just a regular folk can come up with solution too. You don't you don't need an engineering background. There's so many people out there making genius things, genius solutions. And I kinda wanted to turn Twitch streaming into into that where you're taking away kind of like this focus of wanting to get rich and famous by playing games and instead kind of creating an avenue for people to pull together and I don't know, make a change in this world. Maybe that's a crapshoot, but anyways, I don't know. You got to think big, right? You got to hope. All right, enough of uh, ranting on my soapbox here. Apologize for that. That's going to be it for episode three. Once again, I am Ducky O'Brien. My name is Sam. Nice to meet you guys. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much for dropping by and listening. I really do appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, things you would like for me to cover, please feel free to email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitch. I'm Ducky O'Brien there. I'm Archivers on YouTube. I have a Twitter, stirdapurugogi. I'm going to link all of this. That's a Korean food item. And then you, I have a Facebook page, Ducky O'Brien. Also, Instagram is Daily Life of Kimmy. Again, it's Korean for Ant. I know the branding is very confusing. And that's my own fault because I don't really give a crap of that kind of stuff. It's not smart. And I should unify my branding under Ducky O'Brien. But <laughs> I, I don't care enough. You know, I, I use social media to get more exposure. or I'm trying to, but I honestly don't care. I wish I didn't have to because I hate social media, but (laughs) what else can you do? If you want to follow me on those platforms, uh, I would be thankful. I also have four podcasts running. I got this one, the Ducky O'Brien Show. If you like what you, I was going to say, if you like what you're seeing here, you can check me on other things, but you're not really looking at this. If you like what you're listening to here, I got three other podcasts you can check out. The Pointy Hatcast which is my movie podcast where I go over movies that I'm interested in with two of my friends, my good friends. They are way smarter than me, way funnier than me. So they bring a lot of charm. So if you think that, you know, something is lacking in the Ducky O'Brien show, there are other people that are kind of rounded out in the pointy hat cast. 
I have another podcast talking about being a content creator and I I go over what I learned for that week, what I went through is called the pointy flat cast. So if you are a content creator or like interested in being one, that podcast goes over my learning experiences. So it'll be incredibly helpful to just small content creators or content creators content creators just starting out. I'm really honest in that. And then my third one is the Point TV cast where I go over TV shows. Currently, I am covering Mr. Robot. I love that show. I love Elliot. Uh, I love that character. I'm rewatching this show. I rarely rewatch shows. And I'm rewatching that episode in season one where he has that hallucination trip. And then I realized there's a lot of foreshadowing in it, like an incredible amount. Like every scene has some meaning to it. And it's not like the viewers projecting what they want to see onto it. The show is well-written and smart enough where it does that for a lot of the scenes. And yeah, I, I can gush about it. I don't want to spoil it, but I, I break down that scene on, on my latest episode. Man, I, I really like that show. Narratively speaking, I don't think it's perfect in that there's like no actual complete story of things happening from season one to season four i think it gets weaker personally speaking like in season four there are people addressing elliot and mr robot but that's not possible because i'm not like i'm not gonna spoil it but like physically where they are standing it's impossible for that person to address both of them whereas in season one it's really tight they kind of place everyone in the perfect location when people are looking at certain people, when they're talking to them, that gives you a lot of clues. It's well done. But yeah, that said, like emotionally speaking, like speaking of the character of Elliot and what he goes through, like this later seasons are very solid. I still love that show quite a bit. But yeah, that's the Point TV cast. All right, enough of that. Enough of talking about myself. I'm just putting this in here just in case people are interested in checking out the things that I'm doing. Obviously, you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> I'm not pushing it on anyone, but I realize as a content creator, if people don't know what you're doing, how can they check it out, right? So I'm just throwing it out there to see if anyone is interested. Anyways, thank you once again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And as always, catch you guys next time.